Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Hope you're having a uh, terrific Thursday. Uh, it was supposed to be the uh, start of the CFL season tonight, so I'm, I'm bummed out for those guys that uh, uh, the players and also the broadcasters from Morley and Dave and... Uh, Brendan, are, were you going to do the sideline again? Was that even discussed at this stage of the game? I'm trying to think back here. Well, I'll tell you what, I hadn't heard that I wasn't, so I was assuming that I was. Yeah, because uh, he did a great job for us, obviously, getting the interviews at the end of the first period and post-game as well on the Oiter Radio broadcast. It is uh, 12.35 at Edmonton. This is Oilers now, and uh, we are going to go to our headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training. They're taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients, and every Thursday on Oilers now for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader, in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, longtime NHL executive, and now a top uh, analyst uh, for Sportsnet, Louis DeBrusque, or Louis DeBrusque. Well, he is a top analyst. Louis coming up at 1 o'clock. Brian Burke is, you're not embarrassed if I call you uh, Brian now, uh, Louis, uh, are you? No, not at all. You can tell I, I, I had the world of Louis. It's He's a great guy. Honor. He's a great guy. Yes, uh, Brian Burke has joined us. Uh, I tell you what happens. They, they we move the script around just a little bit, and I'm screwed. So, thinking on my feet was part of my problem, and that combined, Brian, with the lack of speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, and character and discipline, those were several of the factors that held me back out of major junior hockey after major double A. So, uh, <laughs> well, I apologize to the listeners uh, for moving. Um, I, I've got a conflict with a call I have to make for work, so I apologize to anyone who's uh, been inconvenienced by this. <laughs> that's so. That's so. That's the Canadian part of you, or maybe it's the American part of you. I don't know. Uh, you know the joke, right? How do you tell uh, uh, 400 Canadians? How do you get 400 Canadians in a swimming pool? You tell them to go there. Hey, Canadians, you got to go to the swimming pool. So there you go. The, the polite Canadiana, Brian. You have been the voice of reason every step of the way throughout this entire situation with COVID-19, both on the air and off the air. Does today's announcement with Phase 3, July 10th for training camps, does that give you pause for more positive belief that we could have a chance to play here? Yeah, it does for sure. And you got to look at it in conjunction with the NBA's going full steam ahead, NFL's planning on starting on time, NASCAR's back up and running, MLS is going to start back up. So, to me, it's almost certainty that we're going to play now. Now, I said from the get-go we wouldn't play again this year, and I would have been right if we stayed with the traditional calendar. There's no way we could have played by now. Right. That being said, I think the league was a lot smarter than I am and said, well, there's nothing magical about June. We'll just pour some more runway in front of the season. We'll 
July, August, September. And I think they've, you know, they've, they're going to be able to pull it off. Now, we're not out of the woods. There's a major second spike going on in the U.S. Um, this is far from over, but I'm really encouraged that this is going to happen. Uh, we talked a lot, obviously, about the hub cities, uh, but I want to talk about uh, the training camps. Um, there's a unique challenge when you're prime minister of this country, and this, uh, and that is this. You're representing, there's a term that's used often, and that's regional disparity. And there's different parts of the country that go through different challenges at different times. And obviously the COVID-19 pandemic has totally um, affected Quebec and Ontario far worse than Alberta and B.C. as an example. And Quebec's over 5,000 deaths, you know. Uh, Alberta and B.C. are both under 200. They're both under 170, I believe. Um, on that note, that might make it, you know, challenging for a federal government to have a rule across the country on something like lifting a quarantine. If the if Trudeau and Freeland don't, you know, don't show a, a tremendous amount of flexibility on this issue, and they have to just have one rule, and that is their prerogative to go down that path. Could we see all six Canadian teams end up having their training camp in the United States, Brian? Yes, and, and, and I don't get it. I don't get the safety issue. This, to me, is you're not making an exception for hockey players because we know how there's a bunch of idiots in Canada that will scream and yell, oh, I, you can't treat the hockey players differently. This is about allowing a chartered aircraft to come in with 50 people on it who have all been tested. It's not a health risk to anyone in Canada. I live in Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen and resident. I don't want a plane load of sick people coming here. I don't mind 50 tested people that I know do not carry the virus. So I don't – what's the rule going to be when, when the regular season starts? We start up in December. If there's still a quarantine, so NHL teams can't play in Canada? doesn't make any sense. Like, I really don't understand this one. I don't understand why they haven't said it. If you have proper levels of testing and hygiene and sanitation, of course you're welcome to come in. Yeah, uh, well, you know, sometimes issues are political, Brian. You know that, right? Like, is that part of it, or is it just is it an, an overemphasis of safe culture? Like, what is it, I guess, is, is kind of the position I'm in. No, I think it's just political. It's just we're not going to make an exception for this group. It'll look like I'm making an exception for hockey players. And that's why I say, let's say they, they decide they're going to have a COVID Congress or conference in Edmonton, and they want to send 50 scientists up who have all been tested. We know they're not carrying the virus. Would you let the plane land? This you got to have some common sense here. They're not just bringing 50 people. They're bringing 50 people who have been tested. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm with you, and I I totally could foresee a scenario where put yourself in your your back running the Maple Leafs or your back running uh, the Flames, and you know that uh, let's just say that's the, the hub cities because they haven't lifted the quarantine. The hub cities are in the U.S. Even though there were you know a couple markets in Canada that could have made very compelling cases based on their own provinces handling of of COVID, so you know you're going to go to the U.S. for the hub cities. Where would be the motivation, uh, you know, where would be the motivation to even consider practicing or having training camp in Canada? You have no choice as a, as a manager or a president of a club in that situation to go to the States, don't you, in that scenario? Yeah, you, you have no choice. But And the notion that being a hub, I would like to see a Canadian hub. I think it's important for our country. 
I think it's great visibility for that city. If Edmonton ends up being a hub city, it puts Edmonton in the news. It puts them on the front page in every NHL market, every lead story. It's got people reporting from all over the world. Here we are outside uh, downtown Edmonton. This It's not the big economic boom that uh, Grey Cup would provide or a Stanley Cup Finals where people come in, crowd the hotels, buy tickets. Sure. It's not that kind of a boost, but it's a big image boost to me. I, I think the Premier is fighting an intelligent battle here to try and get Edmonton as a hub city, but if the quarantine issue doesn't go away, there's no point. Yeah, and, and again, that is one that is dictated by the feds. Uh, it was interesting to me, uh, Brian, and I mentioned it earlier in the show. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Jason Kenney, the Alberta Premier, reached out to John Horgan, and he reached out to, I'm sorry, it's Doug Ford that's the current Premier. I think I might have said Rob Ford earlier. Uh, Rob's no longer with us, but uh, to, to Ford out in Ontario. And they politely were disinclined to work with Kenny to approach the federal government, not on a joint bid, but on a joint effort to deal with the quarantine. I found that quite interesting that even the premiers couldn't work together. I think that maybe says something about the challenges that are out there on a day-to-day basis. Brian, right now in Edmonton, there's 150 beds that are set aside in ICU for COVID. There are, as of yesterday, uh, we had a 50% increase of COVID. COVID bed usage in Edmonton. We went from one to two. I guess, would that that be a 100% increase? Anyhow, a 100% increase. (laughs) I mentioned that. So two of the 150 ICU beds initially set aside uh, for COVID are are being deployed. Vegas is at 60%. 60%. They just opened up their casinos. I'm one of those dummies that when the Oilers go there, I go into those casinos. Uh, it's a license to print money. We all know that. But does Vegas really make that much more sense, given their rise that they've had in COVID numbers? And they have had a rise, obviously, since opening up a bunch of the casinos. Well, I think the, the attraction of uh, Vegas, the attraction of any of these hub cities that are being considered is your you're contemplating the teams operating in a bubble. So the fact that COVID rates are higher in Las Vegas or in Nevada than they are elsewhere, it wouldn't be the determining factor to me. It's how can you prevent transmission by isolating the players? And what Vegas has pitched apparently is a campus-type setup where they can actually, the players can occupy one of two or three hotels, hotel staff quarantined, Players quarantine. Players walk to practice or take a bus, a short ride. No exposure to the public whatsoever. They go into a quarantine building. The only people allowed in that building at that time are the two teams that are playing or the team that's practicing. They have a half hour in between load in and load out, so they completely sanitize the dressing room, weight room, coaches room, everything else. They could do this just as well in Vegas as anywhere, and they've got world-class hotels and like, like uh, to me, I can see conceptually how it worked. It was the NBA's. They looked hard at it first too, as their hub, but they're going to Orlando instead. So, I, I, I don't think that would be a factor. But I think it's a dead heat if you go facilities. All right, who's got a nicer rink than Edmonton? Nobody. But Vegas is pretty nice. Vancouver's is nice. Calgary, yep. as old and decrepit as it is, is nice. So you get hotels contiguous to the arena. If you've got enough practice ice surfaces, 
You look at the COVID cases, that should be the next factor of cases. But I think what these teams are pitching is we don't have to worry about how active the virus is in this market at this time because we can place these athletes in a bubble. Yeah, and, and that's a completely fair perspective. Uh, Brian, one thing you did during the course of the season, I'm going to tie it to the awards that are taking the, the awards voting that the uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association are doing, uh, is back in December, you ranked the top 12 young players in Canada. And you had McDavid one and Dry Settle two. And uh, Leon's got a real good chance to win the Hart Trophy this year. And it's interesting. He got listed as a center, so they had to vote. I mean, it's possible. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. But McDavid and Drysaddle were, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid were one-two in scoring in the league. It is possible that the Edmonton Oilers could have the first and second team All-Star centers in the National Hockey League. And I don't think anybody would have thought that. Uh, well, they would have thought maybe McDavid, but they. I guess it just speaks volumes to how far Drysaddle has come as a player. Well, he's getting my vote. Uh, I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, they can start chiseling, chiseling his name on the trophy right now. I don't think there's even a debate. Like, we talked about this the other day on another show that I do, and I was like, "This, you're talking about this season, right? I'm not saying yep. I like Connor McDavid or Leon better as a player. I'm talking about this season. When Connor got hurt, Leon went on a tear. He takes face-offs. He kills penalties. It's legit point totals. He, he grabbed the rope when Connor got hurt. He's been the best player in the league for me. Now, someone say, well, how can you pass on Nathan McKinnon? I'm like, this is royalty here. You're talking, when you're talking about the most valuable player in the NHL, how can you pass on uh, Connor Hellebuck? How can you pass on Nathan McKinnon? And the answer is because this guy, in my view, was the best player all year. These guys are all great players. They've all had great years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm obviously you know completely biased on this issue but i mean i've, I've loved him since the draft year and st- stoked that the Oilers ended up getting him that year because i kind of ended up winning the 2014 draft as well in your mind which types of teams a uh, more veteran experienced team or younger legs younger team who would have the advantage when we get back up and play i i think teams that had the advantage going into the break are going to have it coming out the only difference is who you get back who is out of your lineup? So St. Louis, as good as they've been all year, they get Tarasenko back. Yep. Um, Columbus gets a bunch of guys back. That's the difference to me. Is it's not a type of team or a style of play or an age breakdown. I think teams that are competitive and big have a better chance at a long playoff run. That's been established the last two years with Washington and St. Louis. Um, I think it's the teams that were a factor before the break will continue to be a factor after the break. I don't think it changes much at all except who gets out of the mass unit. And that's the real interesting question. And that to me is why Toronto is going to have a hard time with Columbus. Well, that's uh, John Tortorella. You know, it's interesting, Brian. Yeah, you were, uh, were you on the 2016 World Cup? I'm just trying to recall here, yep. John. Yeah. And, and that was a tough one for the Americans. And when I saw John advance, something to me has changed. John has grown and involved since his uh, time with Vancouver. Like, to me, he seems like a different coach now than he was. He gets, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I vote for the coach of the year. He is one of my three finalists. I think they did an unbelievable job given the amount of injuries they had there in Columbus. And I think Columbus, I thought Edmonton was all wrong for Detroit in 06. And I wonder whether or not a healthy Columbus squad might be all wrong for Toronto in this playoff year. Yeah, it, it, it could be. And, and I, I had torts in the 2010 Olympics. 
I had him in the World Cup. I worked with him in the World Cup. Uh, he's a terrific coach, and I, I think I think he's better off not coaching in Canada. I don't think he he liked or enjoyed the spotlight in Vancouver as much. He's a, he's a very humble guy, and uh, it's funny. I was texting with him last night, and uh, I have so much respect for him. Uh, and I'm I'm stuck on Coach of the Year, and I just get to vote. I just found out. Yep. About a week ago that I've been added now as a media member, I get to vote. I've never gotten to vote on awards. Uh, and it's been weighing on me because, again, you're talking about royalty. Coach of the year in the NHL, you're talking about five, six, seven guys who have done terrific jobs, and you've got to pick one of them. But you have to consider John Tortorella based on the injury. They lost over 400 man games to injury, and they still kept him in there. He did an unreal job with them. That's a firm, hard, competitive team when they're healthy. And they knocked off, frankly, a better team than Toronto last year, right? In yep. the opening round. And short series. I would Now, the one thing is I don't think they're as good in goal this year as they were last year. Mind you, but their goalie was part of the reason why they were as competitive as they were all season long. Their goalies, plural, because it was more than one guy. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time, your scoring points uh, with the Albertans, uh, with your uh, with your perspective on uh, lifting the quarantine. So thanks for that. Have a terrific weekend, okay? Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. We'll get... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline to some of those texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return. It's 1251 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, uh, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Bob, if provinces can close their border to people uh, in other Canadian provinces, it stands to reason that Alberta can go ahead and waive the 14-day isolation rule if it so wishes. Uh, If the provinces are now semi-autonomous states, we should do whatever the hell we want and get the NHL to choose Edmonton. Lord knows the economy at Edmonton could use a little bit of a boost. Well, a couple things there. Uh, there's a difference between going from province to province than coming in from outside the country. And as Brian Burke stated, the economic impact would not be overwhelming. I worked at the University of Alberta for uh the Department of Athletics in from 2000 to 2008. I don't know how many times during that time I'd see some prof sit there and uh, debate the merits of how much financial income income came in from this thing that was related to sport or that thing related to sport. And, and often the same people that would be involved in those discussions would talk about the significant financial impact that came in from something related to the arts. So it's all about how you can make, I guess, the numbers work. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Oilers GM has texted the show to say, 
regarding hub cities, let's face it, there's absolutely no way Edmonton will be one of the hub cities. Follow the money, Bob. That's why there's a 2014 format. Vegas will be one of the spots that will take Edmonton out of the running, although I would love for it to happen. I'd be absolutely stunned if it did, said Oilers GM. No need to window dress it. I know Brian Burke will disagree, but mark my word, it won't happen. Um <laughs> Brew Crew uh, uh, says, just update you personally on the vaccine world. Johnson & Johnson uh, Medical Division, uh, one of their pharmacists, has moved into the trial for the vaccine to July uh, to September for this year. No need for false hope here yet, just that it's a move forward. Uh, there's a lot of money being uh, put into this issue. A COVID vaccine will come. And, uh, and again, I, I, if you're listening to this show, you know that there's some challenges out there. Uh, with viruses that still don't have vaccines years later decades later oh uh <laughs> sorry the texter just text me back something i know bob that the the province doesn't have uh uh, the ability to bring in people from international flights, if that's a federal issue, I'm, I'm aware of that. Okay, well, thank you, Keith, for taking the time to text us back. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, we're going to keep down that path here. Brendan S. Scott is back in the 630 Chad Studios. Louis DeBrusque is... <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, Louis DeBrusque is uh, going to be joining us at 105. We're going to uh, give a shout-out to our former defenseman, Marcus Texas Show, to say, Bob, 7-6 hockey. Are you kidding me? 80s hockey? Uh, I can't repeat the rest of it, but, yeah, it would be a special time. Hey, 80s hockey was awesome. There were lots of goals, and there were lots of fights. All the way up to about, uh, it started to get boring around the time that the Devils sort of became a powerhouse in the National Hockey League, so mid-1990s. Even the 92-93 year, I think that might have been one of the highest-scoring years in NHL history. Um, and lots of fights, and that was highly entertaining hockey at that time. Not as much fights anymore. Battle of Alberta was good this year. Everybody talked about it, right? Everybody loved it. 98% of the public loved it, that lo- loves hockey. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, a little mano a mano action out on the ice and, the, you know, the team's not singing kumbaya during the course of the game. It's, it's, a, it's a competition. You're supposed to have some of that once in a while. Made the Battle of Alberta fun again, as Jack Michael stated in his infamous call on the goalie fight for about the first time in 30 years, uh, seemingly going after it. And I want the Flames to be good. I want the Canucks to be good because I know those are the two primary rivals for Oilers fans of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, we need that happening moving forward. It's just too bad we got ripped off an opportunity to see either Edmonton against Calgary or Edmonton against Vancouver in the playoffs this year, at least at this stage. Never say never, I guess. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers Now, Louis DeBrusque. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.